Hey, so I'm not sure if you heard, but we are bringing back the private practice bootcamp experience. So listen, this will not be an ordinary bootcamp. Yes, that's right. We are glowing up your experience and your private practice. So what does this mean? Are you truly ready to glow up your private practice and your life? So I'm talking about crafting a big vision. Stop playing small. Who does that? Okay. We are dreaming big beyond just clarifying your niche. We are actually going to build up your confidence in your business as an abundant CEO. Now, listen, I've had the opportunity to host over 25 boot camps in the last five to six years. And I know that I am really good at teaching and delivering that information. But one thing that I have noticed that is missing with therapists right now is that they need a hype woman. They need someone to encourage them to show up and to glow up boldly and unapologetically. So here are the details. We start on May 20th. We are going strong for four days with also a bonus money session. We also have added our Facebook group with challenges and activities. Listen, y'all, we working. So in order to sign up to participate in all pieces, I want you to head down to the show notes and get on the bootcamp experience list so that you can get started with us. Now, also our private practice signature program DTA will also be opening soon. So make sure that you check the show notes and get on that notification list as well so that you can be the first to know about all the juicy bonuses that we have coming down the pipeline. It is glow up season. I will see you in the bootcamp. Welcome to the Branding for Abundance podcast. My name is Dr. TK. I am a licensed clinical psychologist and success coach. My goal on this podcast is to simply teach you how to proclaim your victory in your relationships, academic and career endeavors, business, money, and your mindset. Learn some simple tools and techniques to brand your life for abundance and live your epic lifestyle. All right, so welcome everyone. You are tuning into a live podcast episode. The topic of this episode today is what are CEO activities and how can you work more on your business versus just in your business, right? So um, let me know what state you are tuning in from. If you are a therapist, what type of licensed therapist are you or pre-licensed therapist? Um, I have Cali here. I have Sound Mind Mental Health, I'm guessing, MH. That's a guess. Not sure. Um, And I know that some people are going to watch this later. And so um, today will be about a 30 minute workshop. And it is one that you definitely want to maybe listen to again if you are not in the position to take notes. And so a little bit about myself, if you are new to um, my YouTube page or the podcast is I am a licensed clinical psychologist. I am a wife. I am a mother. I am a business owner. I have two different branches of my business. One is for mental health. So that's where I do private practice via telehealth. And then I also provide mental health services, workshops, and trainings in the community, really collaborating with nonprofits. Then on the other side of my business, I have a coaching business that focuses solely on mental health therapists. And so with that business, we have multiple layers. We give out free content like right now on podcasts, on Instagram, YouTube, and other social media platforms. We have a lot of cool free downloads. We have some virtual parties coming up. So make sure that you click the link in the bio at drtk.com forward slash links. 
And then we also have a variety of programs, whether it be therapists who are either just starting their private practice or would like to enhance and move past a plateau in their private practice. That's the Dope Therapist Academy, Manifest a Profitable Private Practice. And then from there, um, we have some live events that are called pop-up masterminds, and we teach therapists what is scaling in your business beyond growth so that they can see all the things that are possible. And then the last layer is our elite coaching mastermind in which the therapists are operating with different streams of income, including private practice, solo and group and digital and physical products. And so I see that we have Callie. She's an associate MFT in California. Okay, Southern Cali. Um, and you are testing for licensure. So we are with you. You are going to pass. And that is your daily positive affirmations today. I see that we have a DTA alumni and ECM elite coaching mastermind student, um, Ziri on Dr. Z. Um, and so let's go ahead and get started. So just disclaimer, if you see me looking to the left and or I have a sticky note right here for like some basic notes. Um, I want to make sure that I cover all the things that I um, wrote down in my notes because I did a quick little story yesterday, but people had asked if I could talk about this particular topic. So I was like, cool, you know, give me content that you want to listen to. All right. And so what are CEO activities? So first let's define what is a CEO, right? So by definition, a CEO is responsible for leading the development and execution of long-term goals and strategies in their company. So let's just really look at that first. A CEO, because a lot of people walk around saying, I'm a CEO of my business, even if it's just you, because you can have a business with just you right now, right? With the intent to grow later. But you are responsible for leading a group of people or another person that you may hire and not or <laughs> you are responsible for the development and execution of what are the goals of your business. So, for example, if the goal of your business for private practice is to the first goal may be I just want to clear six figures. Right. I want to get six figures gross. We ain't even talking about net yet. Um, but then your long term goal may be I want to make half a million dollars because I want to have a group practice. I want to hire three interns. I want to hire a supervisor. I need an office administrator, right? So in order to do that, you have to do the things, some of them, I'm not going to talk about all of them because we talk about that in our programs, but I want to give you an overview of the things that I share with my clients and also the things that honestly I practice myself. And it was really interesting because the activities that I actually had on my list to do today to work on my business for the first two hours of the day because I'm dressed casual, went to the gym today, took a shower, worked on my business because your girl about to go get a 90 minute facial like I'm overdue, right? So we're using this little filter situation. And so that is the definition of a CEO, okay? Now let's move into another title. CEO can also be seen as a visionary of the business. And so the visionary of the business, and there's a test out there called Rocket Fuel uh, Test, just Google it like Rocket Fuel EOS, and you can determine based off those results, but take it if you're in a good mood, <laughs> if you are a visionary or integrator. So a short summary would be the visionary is the person who has all of these ideas. They may be the face of the brand, the face of the company. They can go out there and build relationships, right? Um, they use their voice and their face to build their business, you know, things like that. But they may not be a good executioner, but they have hell of ideas. I have a lot of clients like that. And one of the reasons why they invest in my program is because 
they need someone to hold them accountable, whether that be in a group setting or individual setting. So when I took the test, I'm actually on the verge of a visionary and an integrator, which is why I've lasted so long in my business when I was just by myself, okay? The integrator, you can look at them in a variety of ways, but one easier way that we can probably identify with is like a project manager. That is the person who oversees to make sure that all of the execution for the long-term goals, according to the CEO definition, that person is going to oversee to make sure that those projects are done. So if I'm having an event and I have an event coordinator, the integrator, if that role was filled, that person would oversee to make sure that the deadlines that I envisioned about when I want things to be done for an event would be executed. It doesn't have to be me, but that's not where we start, okay? Um, and I say that as a disclaimer because when my students first learned about this terminology, you know, even I, when I first learned out about it, I was like, oh my God, I got to hire an integrator really quickly. And no, you don't. <laughs> Take your time because you want the right person in that seat because Technically, that person should be able to run your business when you're not there. Okay. So you don't want to just put anybody in that role. So as we go a little bit deeper in terms of CEO working on your business is that a lot of therapists or a lot of business owners are really doing a lot of one-to-one work whether it be one-on-one coaching, one-on-one therapy, or you're just working with a person, right? But it's typically one-to-one. So unfortunately, what may be unintentionally taught, (laughs) um, self-taught, is that if I'm only doing one-on-one therapy or I'm only doing one-on-one coaching and it's not that much paperwork, I don't understand why I need a team, right? And so you got to remember that the things that I'm going to share with you in a moment, you're actually responsible for all of it by yourself if you choose to stay by yourself, okay? Um, Now, there's a topic in terms of scaling, and the way that we teach our clients how to look at scaling is moving from one-to-one services to -to one-to-many. So one-to-one for me would look like doing individual therapy or doing individual coaching. In private practice, one-to-many can be doing groups, doing family sessions, um, maybe mixing it in where I'm not seeing the parent and the kids separately, but sometimes we come together because we're also talking about leveraging time. Time is probably the biggest wealth vehicle that you have. Write that down. Time is the biggest wealth vehicle that you have. Why? Because that's the one thing in life you can never get back, (laughs) right? If you lose money, you can earn that money back, right? If you make a mistake with a client, you can apologize for it and make it up later, all right? If you wreck your car, you can get a new one, save up your money, but you cannot get your time back. Now, you can learn from the time that was spent on previous activities, situations, people, relationships, you know, but you don't get that dang on time back, you know? And so the goal for most business owners, even though they may not say it and they may not know it yet, is that They want, they have a desire to move to one to many, especially with a particular income goal, right? So let's take private practice, definitely one-to-one mostly. So if I'm a therapist and I see clients one-on-one and I hit a threshold of $8,000, $10,000 and I'm charging $150 to $200 per session um, and I got, you know, a little side hustle on the side, but I can't break through that eight to $10,000. My question to that therapist would be, One, how bad do you want more than what you have? And what is that goal? Like, do you want to hit 15,000, 20,000? How much do you want to make per month? Like, what is your next milestone, not ultimate goal, even though that's good to know? Then if they say, oh, I want to make 15,000, 
Well, based off your capacity that you have right now in your practice, that don't even seem possible unless you're trying to like not have a life and you trying to be unhealthy because your health is going to take you out of your job anyway. Right. So a lot of therapists that I work with and or meet, what they have to come to terms with is if they want more money or let's just say even in their language, they need more money because maybe they have an LLC, an S-corp. They got to do payroll for themselves. All of that stuff costs. A lot of my clients last year and this year converted over into some type of corporation. A lot of them were not used to paying employer taxes up front. A lot of them were used to doing whatever they wish with their money and potentially running the risk with the IRS at the end of the year of owing money, maybe that they don't even have in the bank account. Because sometimes when we earn money, we get so used to that cash coming into our account that we don't even realize that we're dishing it out as fast as we get it in. Which means that when it's time for you to pay your annual taxes and you made $120,000 a year in gross and you ain't paid nothing and you ain't you know, putting no money in no retirement, you ain't got no wealth vehicles, you don't have any of that information because you're not connected to the right people or in the right circle to be knowledgeable about different wealth vehicles that can also give you a tax break because you were cheap to not get a bookkeeper, because you were cheap not to get a CPA and you decided to turbo tax it for the rest of your life. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Listen, okay, I've seen it all, done it all. And I'm letting you know right now, a lot of those things are only going to get you so far and then you're going to plateau. And you can't be mad at the world when you plateau because what the world is showing you is that, yo, you only have a certain amount of hours like everybody else every day. You are also, as a therapist, for example, doing a lot of energy work where you're spending five to sometimes some of y'all seven hours a day seeing clients. So you can't get mad if you, let's just say, join a coaching program of mine about streams of income and then you don't make time to execute. Because that was one of the questions that came in my DM. How can I make more time? Well, first you need to do an allocation of your time. Where is your time going? Then you may have to make some sacrifices. So let me dig into just straight up strategies, okay? So when you think about leveraging your time, this is a general rule that I practice, okay? And I've done it for the last five years at this point. So any activity that requires your voice and or your face is technically all that you should be doing. That should be your ultimate goal. Let me say that again. If it requires, like I'm doing right now, my face on Instagram, my voice on my podcast, that requires me. So that's where I can spend my time. That is me working half on my business, creating content and working in it. I need to record it. There has to be sacrificial time. I have to do it, right? If I'm hosting an event, I got to show up, okay? Um, but I don't have to set it up. That is the difference, okay? So generally, if we look at it from a numbers perspective, generally, if it is worth $3 signs or more, like $100 signs or more, meaning you're getting paid or it's valued at that amount, odds are you're probably going to be the person that is doing it. For example, therapy or a coaching call, right? Um, however, over time, if you start to, or when you start to make more money, the goal would be that you position yourself to even be able to hire a higher level team member, like a copywriter, for example, based on what you need, that can cost you a thousand, a couple of thousand dollars, but you don't have to sit there and write all that messaging on your own. You do have to let them know what your needs are. They will ask you questions, but 
You don't have to sit down and get writer's block and figure out how to be creative and, and put your message in the right language to your clients via email versus Instagram because those messages may look, they probably will look completely different because it's a different vibe on both of those platforms. But bottom line is right now, your goal should be, this is my suggestion, that you should be working your way up to only implementing tasks on and or in your business that generate $3 signs. So for example, you may say, well, damn, you post a lot of podcast episodes for free. You post a lot of Instagram stuff for free. Does that generate $3 signs? Well, guess what it does? It actually equates to $6 signs going to seven at some point, right? I am this close, right? So what do I mean by that? I'm creating content. My content will attract my ideal clients to me because I'm giving free content. Put a one in the comment box or give me some hearts if that makes sense. I give free content to position myself as the expert in what I do. When people see that I'm giving, hell, all this information, I'm about to just run down this list real quick to you right now. Most people that come to my webinar, they come back and tell me if they join my program, like, yo, if you was giving me this for, for free or for $50, you know what I'm saying? What the hell are you about to give me for 3000 What you about to give me for 24000 Because it depends on what level you at. You know what I'm saying? Don't be just trying to jump. And don't be trying to figure out what's 24 k Okay, but I'm just letting you know. Every level comes with a level of expectation, not just with me, but also with my clients. You, you do have an expectation. You got to come to the table with something. Okay, so let me break down what working on my business looked like in two different parts of my business. And I want to speak to even non-therapists that are tapping in. Share this episode or tag somebody so they can hop on here. Matter of fact, if you know somebody needs to listen to this now or later, go ahead and tag them or do the little arrow thing and send it to them. Okay, they don't have to be a therapist to be able to do this. So first, let's do private practice. When I first started my private practice, I was definitely by myself, okay? So I worked Fridays and then I built up to Saturdays because I was working in the jail and I had three days off every single week and, well, every week and then every other week I had four days off. Like I worked a, a 980, okay? So nine hours a day um, with the 40 hours in a work week. So on Saturdays, I decided to sacrifice two, one to two hours of my time every single Saturday, why Saturday? That was the end of my work week. I did not want to work on Sunday if I didn't have to physically go to the jail. Okay. And also the weeks before I was either seeing clients or I needed to rest. I needed to maybe go to my doctor's appointments, like other things that I couldn't do driving two hours to and from four hours driving to the jail <laughs> and then working nine hours. Like who the hell want to do paperwork at that after that day? So that was a question that came in my DM. How do I do this when I'm drained? In the beginning, disclaimer, you about to be tired. I'm not about to minimize, oh yeah, like the abundance living and it's going to be fun all the time. You're going to be bubbly. No, that's why y'all see me sometimes dress regular. You see me cleaning up this office, hair looking a hot mess, no makeup. I don't care. Why? Because I know that I'm being authentically me and I need to start, I've made a commitment last year to start showing up on at least Instagram and showing people like the different parts of me so that they can see I'm not just sitting in front of the damn computer all the time. I'm making sure that my household is in order. Your girl still got to cook. You know what I'm saying? I'm still bathing my son. I'm still picking my son up from school. I'm still hanging out with my husband. I'm still going to get a facial self-care, right? So I'm not just working on my business and in it, I'm actually enjoying life, but it took me some time even to carve out what that was supposed to look like. So in private practice, when I first started, I was working one or two hours every Saturday after I saw my clients. So what was I doing? I was doing all of my billing, 
Majority of my clients were insurance-based at that time. I was um, updating treatment plans. I was doing quality assurance, like what charts need to close? What charts do I have questions about that maybe I'm missing paperwork that I didn't realize? Who credit card needs to be updated? Take notes on all this, right? And then also I, I learned how to do my own bookkeeping. Now, in the beginning, I was only doing my bookkeeping on Excel sheets because I only had that stream of income outside of my job. But then as I grew and started seeing more and more clients and I started to have more expenses, you know, moving over to like tax write-offs, I realized that I needed to have a system do some type of automation. So that's when I got QuickBooks. Now, what I used to do every month and ECM students have heard of this. It's called end of month. A lot of companies do end of month. That's when everybody is getting stressed. But why do we do end of month? We need to see what actually happened the previous month in order to execute, enhance, and or change something in our business for the following month. So put a two in the comment box if you actually look at your numbers at the end of each month. Now, let me let you know, my ECM students, I tell them to do this. I'm about to put them on blast. I tell 20 of them to do it. A very low percentage of them actually fill out the form. Now, does that mean that they don't look at their numbers? No, but as their coach, and this is just how I teach. If you are investing in my program so that I can hold you accountable, and I'm saying this because some of them are listening and some of them are going to watch later, okay? And y'all can, they already know when my voice changed. Oh shit, she coming. <laughs> All right. So if you invest for me to hold you accountable and you want me to help you grow, I feel like the church music is playing right now, like the, 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 uh, the, the keyboard, right? The old school piano. <laughs> like the Holy Ghost about to hit the spirit. But if you want me to help you grow your business, how can I do that if I don't have a baseline? How can you help your clients grow in treatment if you didn't do an assessment? Let's talk therapeutic language because it seems like that's the only shit that y'all understand, right? I'm being, I'm being quite frank, okay? I really need to start talking to my clients in therapeutic language because I think that they will get it quicker. Can you start treating a client if you did not do an assessment? No. So what would happen if I were your coach and if you didn't show up with your numbers on the first week of the month, I said, we're not coaching today. Or what if I went a little deeper and I said, you know what? Because this is what I am going to do. Just letting y'all know. OK, <laughs> is what if I said, oh, you didn't do the form before the first session of the month? OK, we're going to do it during your session. Oh, but I want to talk about. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Why doesn't it matter? I'm not saying that your product or service does not matter. But again, if we continue to talk about the same thing over and over and nothing is changing, that's the definition of insanity. OK, second, again, if I'm trying to see your progress, whether it's your mindset, your bank account, resources in your business, structure in your business, actual tangible money, right? Changing your schedule, leveraging time, taking vacations. How can I help you create that path if you haven't filled out the intake paperwork? I got you for 10 months, ECM. DTA, we got you for a long time. So I already warned DTA, I'm about to start doing that starting the first day of May for the month of April. And I would highly suggest that they do it, okay? Because it's not just for me, it's for them, all right? So again, private practice Saturdays, one to two hours at the end of each week, depending on how many clients I saw, would depend on how long I was at the office. And I stayed at the office. I chose not to go home because if I went home, I would start doing some random stuff or I fall asleep or go out and turn up with my friends, okay? So um, then move on to the next step. I then hired someone. When we look at leveraging our time, I recognize that 
I don't want to do everything in my business. I am wasting time because this is not earning me any money, right? So I decided to hire my first assistant when I had my private practice. I trained them. And at one point I had two of them, but I ended up training them to do my consultations for me. Now that also meant that I had to create some type of standard operating procedures to sit down, put in writing exactly where they're supposed to log in in, how do they log in? What are they supposed to do? Checking in every week to make sure they don't have any questions or what support do they need? You need to, going back to the definition of CEO, you have to be responsible for leading the development and execution of long-term strategies and goals in your business. You have to oversee people until you are able to hire someone to oversee the other people. And a lot of people aren't there yet, even though they're saying that their business is scaling. No, it's not. Okay. So when I hired someone, I had to learn onboarding procedures Okay, and in the beginning, I Googled my way through my whole private practice, which is why I am the mistake turned into learning experiences podcast for therapists. Why are you going to reinvent the wheel when I've made hell of the mistakes? Like that doesn't even make sense. Like there's 222 episodes or something at this point. Like go listen to from number two, because I think I deleted number one or something, but go and just listen to them. Like take notes, make that your personal development every day. Okay, so Then when I started onboarding clients through my assistant, then I also realized, oh, y'all can actually look through my charts. I have them sign certain paperwork for confidentiality purposes, but they can do my quality assurance just on a general level to tell me what is missing from the chart. Because also when I started my private practice, it was paper charts, not digital charts. I was slowly starting to get into electronic charting in my first year. It, It didn't take me that long, but I still have physical charts. And so from knowing my numbers every week, to then hiring my first assistant. Then within a year and a half of having a solo practice, I then end up hiring some interns. You can't play around when now you're in charge of paying someone else. So I can't be Googling how to do HR procedures. I need to actually go pay for a HR company to teach me how to run my company legally in the United States and the state of California with certain laws, right? So with group practice, I really had to now organize on another level my standard operating procedures. I had to pay to get an employee handbook. I had to write standard operating procedures for some of the following, but this doesn't include all of them. What is my billing steps? I tell my students all the time, when you're learning something, even in my program, write it down and record yourself doing it. That way, as soon as you hire your first person, you don't have to sit back and say, oh man, I got to hurry up and make this training. Give them the raw version. Now what I do in my team, because I'm damn near recording videos every day, right? Or I'm going to say a couple times a week. And so what I'll do is I'll say at the time of this recording, da, 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 da. and why I do that disclaimer is because at any time I can go update the video. And based on what I'm talking about on the video, they can probably even see dates that is like a year old, which means that whatever we taught is still intact. But then sometimes they'll get the training like I did this morning where it was today, the training, and then I'm assigning it for my team members for Monday, okay? So we had to create standard operating procedures for billing, um, for billing the insurance, for onboarding new members, meaning I have a checklist of all the things I need to collect um, from new people. And mind you, it's just me and an assistant and interns. They're really dependent on me to to know all this, right? Um, I had to do quality assurance, of course, but I had to document now what the interns needed to know that needed to be in their chart for the pre Um, chart and then termination or graduation and treatment, how to do an insurance verification, how to collect co-payments, credit card, check or cash, um, how to notify somebody when their stuff bounced and what are the fees for that. 
bookkeeping. I started using QuickBooks. I saw somebody's using QuickBooks here. And then I had to create a system for myself with how I'm going to supervise the interns. What's going to be the schedule of supervision? What are we going to talk about in supervision? And then in terms of like the board of behavioral sciences, because most of them were marriage and family therapists at that time and social workers, what do I need to do as an intern supervisor to make sure that they're collecting the right hours because they have categories, okay? So that's group practice. Then as I started to expand a group practice, at one point I had like seven interns and one of my past interns ended up getting licensed, a postdoc ended up becoming a clinical psychologist. So she ended up, um, cause she knew my system the best is that I ended up hiring her on to do part-time supervision and I would pay her a flat rate for meeting with those students, like an hourly rate and reviewing their evaluations on veterans because we were doing uh, veteran assessments at that time through a middle company of the VA where we were seeing probably on average 30 veterans um, a week. I so missed that work. I'm so mad that they canceled all these dang on contracts. Okay. So um, it was really nice to like meet them. Even if it was one time, it was just really nice to hear the stories. Like I think one of my first veterans were from Pearl Harbor. They He came in a wheelchair. They, you know, they wheeled him in, but it was just so fascinating, honestly, to listen to the stories they were so enthused to have somebody make eye contact like therapists. You guys are making a big, big difference in people's lives and you don't even know it. Simply just paying attention and giving them eye contact is sometimes more than a lot of people ever experience in facilities and in other organizations or agencies because a lot of people are typing on the computer while they're talking to them and gathering information, which means that they feel detached. OK, so keep doing what you're doing. All right. So over time, I learned how to articulate leadership and express expectations to my team. So this is still going over CEO activities. I hope that put a one in the comment box if you've been watching from at least the beginning to the middle and you can see how I am over time learning how to show up as a CEO, not a like entrepreneur, boss, babe, therapist, private practice owner, right? Because people use all these titles and my thing is like, but are you a business owner though? Because if you want to stay open, you would want to adopt the mindset of a business owner. And so I express expectations to my team. So what that would look like in a group practice is I started to have, initially it was monthly two hour group consultations because mind you, we were meeting with the interns like individually throughout the week. And then we started doing bi-monthly because at that point they were onboarded, they had good training and they knew what my expectations were, which means that I was very good with articulating what I expected. And, and I chose good team members too, because that's important. So what the two hours of consultation looked like, I let them know I'm not about to sit there and talk for no two hours. That's out. <laughs> so 30 minutes to an hour, depending on what time of year it was, we would do administration, which was announcements. Um, let's review how many caseloads everybody has. You know, do you have too many kids on your caseload? Do you want to learn how to work with adults? I trained one of the interns to work with couples because I was the only one seeing couples at that time. And then we used the rest of the time, the hour or more to do the actual clinical case consultation, talking about difficult cases, you know, and things like that. And I bought them lunch while we were there. We would do it on a Sunday. So I would do it after church. And sometimes I would bring my whole family. My husband was actually in the room with us because at that time, um, he started to learn medical billing in the company. And so he was in there with me and then our um, youngest son, he would either be in the corner or now he's our oldest son, but he would be in the corner with his iPad or we would open up my actual therapy office because we were in a conference room in um, the virtual office suite. Okay. So over time, what ended up happening from being solo one-on-one to learning how to show up more as a CEO and pay attention to my paperwork and my numbers and quality assurance, which is a thing that a lot of therapists say that they despise. I'm watching these Facebook group uh, comments. 
But that is the very thing that's going to prevent you from growing. I'm going to say that again. If you don't like numbers, I'm going to say it a different way. If you don't like numbers and you don't like to pay attention to your organizational progress, like doing an intake, a treatment plan, and actually checking in on the treatment plan to see your progress, guess what? You're not even going to know that your business is doing better outside of monetary gain because just because you earn more money, if you tired as a dog, to me, that, that that's what stands out. Like, what were you doing this month that made you hella tired, but you can say, oh, I made 10 racks. It doesn't matter. You can't enjoy it. You sleepy, sis. Like, you can't go nowhere. You're tired. You're having panic attacks. I've been there, okay? So what I did, what I didn't realize until later when I got coaching is that the expectations that I was placing and pouring into my team, because I'm a teacher, professor, so that definitely shows up in my leadership qualities, okay? So I have a upper hand and that is one of my gifts as a teacher, okay? So this all later turned into what we call core values, which is it helps me facilitate the culture of my company and it also helps me choose who to hire and who to let go, which means that if you are not aligned with my core values in my company, like pillars and things like that and my mission and my vision, I'm not bringing you on and or I'm not keeping you, okay? So after that, then we move into expansion. That's where I really had to look at checking my money on a weekly basis. Hell, now I do it on a daily basis. Um, I had to really look at, if you're not doing this, you want to write this down. Ask yourself, where are you gaining money? And then where are you losing money? Some of y'all don't even want to open up your bank statement. You just want to text Chase or Bank of America and say, what is my balance? You don't even know if it's a subscription that you forgot to cancel and it's still billing you. Like pay attention, okay? So expansion, my definition of expansion is beyond leadership, you have to do a deep dive quality assurance of your business. Look at your numbers, look at your systems, make sure that your systems are up to date. Um, if we're doing billing practices and we no longer take insurance, that means that my standard operating procedures don't make sense anymore because now we're doing cash pay clients, which means that we need to make sure that it hit the Stripe account, right? So with numbers, I'm going to sh- um, tell you where we are now before we wrap up. Put any questions down that you have or comments or anything. I'm going to go for about 10 more minutes because your girl got to get a 90-minute facial. <laughs> okay, so... um With numbers, these are the things that I am tracking now on the other side of my business. So I am, I meaning I delegate this to a team member. (laughs) I um, have delegated tracking podcasts. So with podcasts, we track the number of downloads because we like to celebrate people who tune into our podcast and put it on social media. Like, thank you for the 30,000 downloads, 40,000 downloads since we've had the podcast, things like that. We also check our numbers for YouTube subscribers and like watch time. And watch time is important because if I'm doing a 30 minute workshop, I need to figure out per the statistics, when do people usually fall off? Dang, people are falling off at the eight minute mark. Let me go rewatch my video evaluation to see what was happening at the eight minute mark. Was I laughing too much? Like, was I not staying focused? Like what was going on? Was it boring? And so did I stay on topic? Did I go on a tangent? Like you got to look at that stuff. You have to evaluate yourself. Um, The name of my podcast is Dr. TK. So just spell out Dr. TK. And if you go to the link in my bio on Instagram, all the links are there for YouTube, podcasts, everything is there. And it's if you don't have iPhone, it's also on Spotify on Dr. TK. We also track insights for Instagram because at one point um, when I was doing ads on Instagram, this is very important if you're trying to boost posts that sometimes don't work. Um, one time I did a Facebook ad 
directly through Instagram, not through my Facebook account, like on Facebook platform. And I noticed that I was getting a lot of, it was with a pink cute suit and I was like talking about a product or like a boot camp or something. And I started noticing that a lot of men started to follow my page and started to comment like, oh, you cute, you fine and all this stuff, right? And I'm like, they are not therapists, <laughs> right? Look what the hell is going on? So I went and looked at my ad and my insights flipped. So my insights are typically... 21% male and the 80 or 79% is all women, right? When I looked at this Facebook ad, insights are very important on a business account. It showed that 73 or 75% for that Instagram ad were all men, which what probably happened is a couple of men saw just a woman in a pink suit and was like, oh, she cute. And because of the algorithm, if it starts showing up in their thread and they start commenting on it, what does it do? It sends the same thing to their friends thread, right? So I had to actually turn the ad off because I knew that A, is not attracting my ideal client. And then two, none of these men were therapists. So like, I don't want all y'all following my page. Like I'm good, I got a husband. And so we, you, you want to track numbers. So I see... Let's see. I'm an occupational therapist going into private practice. Can I practice in your boot camp? You can definitely show up to my boot camp. I give a disclaimer. So here's the thing. I've coached a non-therapist. The, the one thing that I always say is based off of what we offer in like Dope Therapist Academy, make sure when you look at the curriculum and we go over the curriculum always at the end of a boot camp, but make sure that what you need can be applied in the academy. Because we had a behavioral specialist in my one-on-one coaching program. I had a woman who, she was actually a CEO of a behavioral treatment facility and she was looking to hire therapists. So that's why she hired me because I clearly have had a group practice. And so it's on a case-by-case basis, but the program is, I'm going to say 99.9% all therapists. But if you're looking to open up a private practice and you need to focus on your five-year blueprint, reaching your ideal clients, marketing, automation, your back office. But we do show in automation though, simple practice, which is a therapy EHR. So that one, I would say we can show you what we do, but then you would have to do your own homework and get your paperwork together. If that makes sense, put a one in the comment box if that that makes sense. All right. Um, And then we talk about niche, like how can you be seen as the expert in your field? And then delegation, how can you delegate things out? That's why I always say y'all, My podcast can be heard by anybody. My Instagram feed can be followed by anybody. But majority of my clients are therapists, primarily because what energy you put out there is what you attract back. I'm a therapist, right? So I just went all in with serving therapists. But on a case-by-case basis, if it makes sense, it makes sense. So sign up for the boot camp. It's free. All right. So um, let me keep going. So delegation. Um, Because I wanted to delegate podcasts, YouTube, and Instagram statistics, because I don't want to sit there and like track it. That's not a good use of my time. If I can be recording the podcast while my husband is doing the stats, that's more use of my time because we can both be done with work and go out and hang out, right? So delegation, I had to create standard operating procedures for someone to do the podcast statistics because they don't know how to log into our platform. They don't know how to look up the stats. They don't even know what the stats mean. So I had this morning, I literally recorded a video because my husband is doing YouTube podcasts and events in my business, right? So I'm slowly teaching him things that other team members had because it doesn't make sense for them to have it, right? Based off his title. So I said, okay, he doesn't know how to do this. So let me train him. Don't assume that people know how to do stuff. I've done that. Even with my husband, (laughs) Um, just because I talk to him all the time, don't mean that he knows how to do certain things in my business. Um, So I'm always looking for ways to expand my business 
by serving more people. And the only way I can do that, y'all, is if I get things off my plate. Okay. Now, also my rule for delegation is that Monday through Friday, I'm trying to delegate one thing off my plate every day, even if it is my laundry, which we did last night. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's see. Let me look at this. So I'm going to read my little sticky notes. Okay. So I'll just give you a summary of actually what happened today. Um, today on my checklist, um, some of the things that I did, not all inclusive, is that I checked all of my bank accounts and assets like a wealth portfolio and put those numbers into an Excel sheet because I like to see where my numbers are. That includes liquid, certain abundance funds. That podcast came out today. All of my crypto and other platforms, stocks, Bitcoin, like I put all those numbers in the spreadsheet. Then I looked at my son. He has liquid, like checking savings and he has stocks. Okay. So I put all of that in the platform and some of that required me to reach out to my mom. She has a savings account. So I'm like, yo, I need this number every week because I like to, I have certain goals for him and we met the first milestone, but now I'm moving it up. Like every milestone now is like 5k. So, uh, and when he hits a certain threshold, then I need to reach out to a financial advisor so that I can start investing his money into the right wealth vehicles because I'm not with locking up his money, especially like a 529, no offense, but in, in these days, there's no guarantee that kids are going to college. It, sometimes it don't even make sense for their ass to go to college. I'm going to be real. With a person with a six-figure uh, student loan, like I had to go to college in order to get licensed, right? But if my son want to be a business owner because he around me all the time, your girl going to help him get a business by the age of five. You know what I'm saying? Like, why would I make him go to college? It doesn't make sense. I mean, hell, I can put you in a coaching program. 20 of them. And it still probably won't equate to how much college about to be in 10, 15 years. Right. So and we, we're not doing that student loan shit. I mean, if he got to be a doctor or something again, that's why we create wealth vehicles. So I made the training for the podcast. I did a video to track certain numbers in YouTube. Um, I did a video on how to look at our top 10 podcast episodes and they have to track these numbers every seven days so that I can go in there and just look to say, wow, we're growing like that. That's my goal. Log in like, woo. And what? And the next step would be every Monday, like my project manager will say, here are your numbers. Like I wanted to get to the point where I just show up to the meeting and hell, they just tell me what to do. Like that is my next goal. Just tell me what you need me to do. You need me to produce three podcast episodes this week. I got you. You know what I'm saying? Because shit, they're going to take care of everybody else. So, and the ultimate goal too is to put a lot of those things on autopilot. So yes, I do have to sacrifice time and maybe sleepiness or maybe a facial day to be able to create these videos. But guess what? After I've created them and after my team members ask me questions or my husband asks me questions and they get clear on what their role is, then they can do their job independently. I ain't micromanaging right? I can do whatever I got to do independently. Everybody can be done on time and live a great life. And guess what? These things are now on autopilot, autopilot automation. Okay. Um, let's see. I assigned certain milestones that I wanted them to track. And then I also, I hired a new VA, um, but she's our customer service uh, specialist on like VA, like title. Cause that's just, to me, you give somebody your task and not really a seat on your org chart. I'm not going to talk about that today. Um, but nevertheless, I wanted my project manager. So look at delegation. I am now sending tasks to my project manager because she's still new in that position too. Her role is to um, help me onboard and train this new member because that new member is going to be taking a lot of things off the project manager's plate, if that makes sense. So that's another reason why I choose to hire an additional person is either we have a gap in our org chart and we need something right now and, and it could be permanent or contractual and or a team member is reaching their threshold so they need a VA under them, right? So that's what we have is we have, they're, they're both overseas, but one of them has been with me for 
two and a half years and the other one just started. Okay. So it would make sense for me to cut my leash and allow her to be independent. She knows what she's doing. She's clearly been with me for a long time. And so what task I tell her to do, for example, is I want you to make sure that she can log into our CRM, our email marketing system. I want you to show her how to send out an email for our podcast to let people know that it aired and or a YouTube video or vlog that aired one step at a time. So in summary, you got to make time for what you want in order for you to see it grow. You will be potentially tired in certain seasons. I'm not taking that away from you. I'm not about to sit here and be like, oh, yes, it's all fun. No, sometimes you want to throw in a damn towel. But if you really want what's on the other side, meaning you got a clear vision, you shouldn't be giving up. Okay. Also, sorry, business running one is not for everybody. So you can go all the way around talking about, oh, I got side hustles. Side hustles are cool, but I always say kind of like a side piece. You know what I'm saying? Most of the time, because sometimes they do, most side pieces never move to first place. So if you want your side hustle to become a business, you need to treat it like it's in first place. Stop just wanting to look at the numbers when you feel like it. It needs to be on a schedule. Also, Learn how to appreciate your job if you have a nine to five or you work part time, right? So when you learn how to appreciate your job more, you'll start to recognize even if you left your job and ooh, put a one in the comment box, if you can really think about this, even though you may have despised your job or management, right? You probably were pretty pissed that they made you do all this quality assurance, billable hours, hitting certain numbers. But guess what that indirectly taught you? How to track your numbers. So in our program, I actually teach clinicians how to reframe, like what they tell their clients, reframe how you see doing your paperwork. Because if you hate paperwork this much, I'm sorry, you are not going to even be able to track your business growth. You're just going to be making money. And if that's what you want to do, please do not join my programs. (laughs) Okay, so I definitely got to go. I'm four minutes over time. What I want to do, if you are a therapist, So we are going to be making a huge announcement on Monday. Okay, so you want to text TDA to 310-388-8603. The number is also the link. It's a link in my bio. Um, It's also on the show uh, podcast show notes. But we're going to be making a big announcement. I believe that's the 18th. You do not want to miss it. I'm just going to say you don't want to miss it. All right. Our inner community, y'all already know what's going on. So y'all got something to do on Monday as well because we're going to make the announcement to you too. But bottom line is, if you want to stay connected with me, make sure that you subscribe to my podcast if you're listening on the podcast. Sometimes I do do video podcasts on YouTube and this may be uploaded to YouTube as well. So if you want to watch some of the podcasts like workshops and vlogs, then just head over. Everything is Dr. TK Psych. Okay, my podcast is Dr. TK, but everything else like YouTube, um, Facebook, Instagram, all of those are Dr. TK sites. So if you want to tap into more information, if you're a visual person, head over to YouTube and subscribe to my channel. I am trying to reach a thousand subscribers. I got like 683. Right. Um, So I'm trying to reach one thousand and then I'll work on the other like watch time stuff. Right. But I got goals. So super excited. Once you sign up for that TDA 2022, if you're a therapist, not 2022, but just 22, no spaces. You'll automatically be placed on my affirmations list. I send out affirmations Monday through Friday at 7 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. You do not have to be even a therapist to get those affirmations. So if you want to get them, that's totally fine. Please share this video with other therapists or share this podcast episode with two or four other therapists. I would greatly appreciate it. 
And if you have any questions from today's podcast episode, make sure to tap into my DM on Instagram and I will check into y'all later. So your girl got to go. I got 13 minutes to get to my appointment. So I'm probably going to be five minutes late because I ain't about to speed or nothing. But you all have a prosperous and abundant day. See y'all on Instagram and my stories or a reel or something. All right. Y'all have a great day. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast episode today. I am super excited to see your growth in your business, career, money, and relationships. Be sure to check me out on Instagram at Dr. TK Psych, where you can find daily inspiration and tips to live your abundant lifestyle.